I take it you're hearing nothing. Absolutely nothing. 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 Now I hear something. I had to go redo the drivers because I thought that was the problem. Then when I figured out fucking cat here in my microphone. Then when I figured out that um, it was most likely the cable because it, it, it was working, but it wasn't working, but it was working, but it wasn't working, but it was working, but it wasn't working. You know, I could do that all night long. <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden I, I plugged the new cable in and it changes all the settings to everything is USB codec now. Oh God. This could be a long night. <laughs> You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. See, so it's been a really, really rough day for me. So I figured I was going to play the long... I mean, this is as long as Echoes. <laughs> All the fans that are listening are going to be sitting there going, we are dumb asses for listening to this shit. Let's fast forward through some of this crap. <laughs> there is no fast forward on this bitch. Actually, the uh, the one that I use on my phone, I have a 30 second fast forward I can hit. And 10 second backup. You know, Android. This is Windows. No, I'm saying the thing I use to listen to the podcast is Android. But can you do that with Android? I don't know. <laughs> This doesn't suck. All right, I got to try out this booze. What is that? Mm -hmm. 
Probably the best song he ever did. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We didn't do our normal open because I was ready to kill people at the uh, golf course today. <laughs> Shoot it in the right direction. <laughs> this is the first that Burke is seeing me with uh, a clean, clean shaven. Clean shaven. Scary. Face. I look better without the glasses on. Look like an ugly baby. I do, don't I? <laughs> There's like times that I look at myself and I go, I look like Carl, and that's bad. <laughs> I definitely don't look as young as I did when we first met. <laughs> but... Well, no, but. <laughs> All right, so, so we had... Nothing planned for today. Nope. You get to listen to the ramblings of two fat old dudes. Yeah. Just another day. Oh, I guess I should find that song. Um, no, 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 no. Oh, we got a new cat. Really? You needed another cat. Well, she's actually been here for a couple of months, but... She has migrated out of out of one of the rooms and has taken over my couch. <laughs> yes. And she is uh Yeah, I don't know what I would say about her. But she likes to walk all over my keyboard. Oh, my cat will constantly just walk right on my keyboard, fast forward videos and Oh, I think Kendrick and Mama should really, really get get together. And here she comes. What do you get? There's cats over there. 
And she just turned that off. <laughs> it's all right. Mine's trying to eat my microphone stand now. Oh, she didn't just turn it off. She deleted the song. <laughs> you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Uh, there is a big empty spot there now. I wonder if I can. <laughs> oh, like there. A hole in my heart. <laughs> At least Appleton has an undo delete button. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we talk about what we're drinking this evening? Yeah, I guess we should. Okay. What are you. Okay, you're right kind of showed me what you have going on here tonight are, are you are you drinking it straight well tell the folks what is up yeah i would if you'd shut up for a second yes i have a single barrel is i can't tell if this is it is a bourbon okay this is from new riff which is a fairly young company uh and this is a single barrel barrel proof bourbon this and i gotta put my other glasses on to read the tiny fine print this is one of those that have individual stuff written at the bottom so this particular bottle is 106.3 proof it's barrel number 10914 this is a without chill filtration bourbon whatever that means age at least four years and it is not bad. It. I wish it was a little. Well. So the without chill, uh, is when they don't run it through ice after it's been distilled to cool it down. A lot okay. of com- a lot of distilleries will will run it through uh, uh, coils and stuff that'll be in cold water or in ice or whatever to chill it down to a temperature so that when it goes into the cask it it's it's not steaming hmm. interesting i did not know that um you know a, a lot of a well so if you're not cold chilling it you're gonna have to leave it in a conical sieve for uh or a conical container f- for a, a little bit of time to to let it draw down cool before down. you put it into a barrel. Gotcha. But it's supposed to make the flavor a little bit more intense when you let it naturally cool. This is um this is good. It I don't get a lot of the big bold flavor which is weird because being over a hundred proof, I would think it'd have a lot of flavor to it, but I don't even notice that it's like, what, what is that? A hundred and yeah, 106 proof. This may be the highest alcohol bourbon I've tried yet. Um, doesn't burn or anything. It's very smooth, um, but it's got kind of got light flavors to it. Um, tastes a little bit more like new oak barrels and not like old charred oak barrels. There is some vanilla in there. And my taste buds may still be lacking. They're better. They're much better than they were. Um, I may not be able to taste all of this, so I may save this for another time and just drink some vodka. 
but um no this is very very enjoyable um it, it, it there's some complex top notes in there yeah uh but not enough to like get in the way of enjoying it it was not like that one bourbon that I was just like it just assaulted my senses with all these different flavors and you couldn't you couldn't talk and drink at the same time it was like you know chewing bubble gum and walking that's the that's the funny thing when you start getting into these higher end bourbons or whiskeys or or scotches any of them the flavor sometimes becomes so complex that you just you're not enjoying drinking it because like analyzing every sip. Yeah. It's, it's like, Oh, here we go. Here's Ooh. another thing. Oh, all of a sudden I have fruit. All of a sudden it's vanilla. Wait, now there's caramel. All right. Now it's burning the back of my throat. Uh, you know, and that's, that's the tough part about the, the higher end bourbons. Now I love any bourbon or whiskey where you're getting those vanilla notes. Because the vanilla or the caramel means that that they've distilled it correctly. It's it's actually set in the cask properly, and you're not getting an overpowering smoke. You're not getting an overpowering oak wood. You know, you're you're, yeah. you're getting the actual fruit flavor out of it, which is actually kind of cool. Um. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I like it. I like it a lot. We'll come back to Burke later on in the show and see what he says about his uh, his bourbon. My drink of choice tonight is vodka. I know. What's no, that's that? cool. No, I, Finlandia actually, vodka. Oh, God, I haven't had Finlandia in a while. Mixed with White Claw Seltzer. Oh Jesus! So add a little alcohol to your alcohol there, huh? Yeah. yeah I, and actually, when I was at the store, I found <gasps> this little guy. Oh God! I thought that was I thought that was a little bottle of Sky, but what no, is no, that? no. This is Platinum Seven X. It's a new vodka, and, and supposedly it's filtered seven times, and it was cheap for a, a twelve pack of these. It was like eight bucks. I'm like. Ah. Uh, you know, I'm always I'm always up to try a cheap vodka and see what it's like. The weird thing is, man, I have um, Seagram's vodka because when I had no taste buds, I didn't care. I bought the cheapest vodka. You know, I was like, it's just I'm a cheap drunk now. It's awesome. But now that I have some taste buds back, it still doesn't suck. It's kind of nice. I guess we should. I guess we should talk about the elephant in the room. Um, uh, fortunately for for our listeners, Burke is still alive. Um, he, it depends he on went, how you look at it, but yeah, <laughs> he went through a rough patch. I, I posted pictures on the website, uh, davisondavisshow.com. Uh, Burke, and can his, I, I cannot confirm or deny any of these allegations. Burke in his purple blanket. Uh, <laughs> I, I, pre- I proceeded to send that that clipping to our social media director uh, who just happens to live with Burke, <laughs> my daughter. <laughs> and she texts me back. I'm crying a little. <laughs> uh, so yeah, go to Davison Davis show.com and check Read out on the news of the day. Check out the news. You can see that Burke is still alive. 
He did survive with his purple blanket. <laughs> it's the only thing that kept me going. <laughs> this is much this is much like our technical director's picture. <laughs> um did, did you see that I, I I'm not gonna say who, but somehow his name got changed again. I saw that. Yeah, we've got a new technical director. His name is Michael. Yes, Mike. <laughs> but he goes by Mike. Yeah. Uh, um yeah our new technical director mr hunt is uh he's he's really he's really balls to the wall oh he's he's just as shy as the last guy was too he does not want his face on media so he can definitely split the valley man uh he He puts the new meaning to Taco Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> one of these days we're going to have to get a real technical director because all of my shit sucks. <laughs> I mean, we might start a show on time for once. Far out, man. Let's see. What's that? Hey, we're actually not bad. We actually started on time. Burke was here early. <laughs> I tried to talk to him. <laughs> I could hear him, but it was the wrong microphone. And then I couldn't hear any of the music. And then he's like, what the fuck? And then I got to go. Boom. And then like 20 minutes later. Hey, yay. <laughs> it's just, it's a never ending cycle. And, and I, I understand that until I get my studio in, in a space that nothing else can get into. Like animals. Uh, yeah, because I, I have cats walking all over. I mean, they are walking all over my soundboards when we're not recording. They're laying on my computer. They're deleting emails. <laughs> I, had to, I, had to, I had to send I had to send a, a letter or an email to, to Jeff, one of my one of my bosses and say, Jeff Hey, Jeff Fafa, could you please send me the schedule again? Because I don't know when I'm supposed to work. I, I don't know. It, it I, used I, to be the, the dog ate my homework. Now the cat deleted my email. I'll, I'll burn the place down. <laughs> Just, yeah, Jeff, but, but the, I, that, I need the red golf cart. <laughs> the red the red swing line stapler and 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 they 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 took it away and and they, they had the bar switch but it was not as good and they said i could keep my red swing line they they, they said that i could play my my radio at a reasonable volume <laughs> then a great character holy <laughs> shit um probably one of the best character actors ever i mean he there are two character actors that i have loved in my life steven root is one of them steven root is the guy who who did office space uh, the, the red swing lane sticker. oh that's his name okay sorry yeah. and the other one was uh he was on law and order one of the law and orders but he was also in men in black he played the the alien 
in the first Men in Black. What the heck was his name? Uh, There were a lot of aliens in there. What are you talking about? Tony Shalhoub? No, he was the bad guy. Tony Shalhoub? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in uh, 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 Full Metal Jacket. Yes. Uh, MDB. Uh, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio. That's it. Vincent D'Onofrio. Now, Vincent, I, I think Men in Black was the first movie that he, um, that, that he, he, uh, became almost a lead character. Um, full metal jacket was up there, but I mean, I know he killed himself halfway through the movie, but still. Uh, did you ever see Daredevil? The the was it a Netflix series? Yeah, there was a Netflix series of Daredevil that he played the kingpin. Oh, dude, he's so good! Oh my really? god, is he good as the king? Oh Jesus, no, he's so good. He has so little. He's like everyone was screaming for him to have more screen time because he was so good. Oh my god, the um, now, I. Yeah, I I've really really liked him. Um, oh yeah, know, that's right. He was the uh, he was the mechanic in uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Forgot about that. Right. Um. Man, what what else? What else? Uh. Okay, wait. He was in Ed Woods playing Orson Welles. Forgot about that. All right. Um. Another one that I love is Lee. Uh, what is it? Leave Schreiber. Yeah. Uh, he's another one who was who was a, a character actor for a lot of his his uh, uh, time here. Screen number three, please. Here's a picture of him. Oh my god! In Playing, the uh... he, he's in the movie Mixed Nuts, and and this is a movie. I will tell people this now. In November, we will review this movie as one of our Christmas movies okay, that I think you should watch. Um, it's absolutely, it's, it's brilliant. You, you got Adam Sandler in it. You've got, uh, uh, Steve Martin. Brilliant. And Adam Sandler generally don't go together, but well, he, he's, he's a bit, he's a bit character in this. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, I'll allow it. Yeah, he's he is not an important part of of mixed nuts. Let's see here. You got Steve Martin, Madeline Kahn, Robert Klein, Anthony LaPaglia, Juliet Lewis, who is just to die. You, you had me at Madeline Kahn, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> Rob Reiner's in it, and Rob Reiner he's only in it for about thirty seconds, but he's uh-huh. freaking drop dead hilarious. Uh, Adam Sandler, and like I said, Adam is. A bit character. That's it. That's it. He he sings his his grape jelly song, and that's it. <laughs> uh, Rita Wilson, Parker Posey. I know that name. Uh, John Stewart. John St- John Stewart's pretty good in it. Christine um, Cavanaugh. I know that name. Gary Shandling. All right. Gary Shandling plays the uh, the the New York. Or it's not New York because they're out in L.A. I think it is. 
um, or San Diego, somewhere around there. But he plays the landlord. He's and he's evicting everyone on the day before Christmas. <laughs> 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 and uh, uh, you know, it's just Juliet Lewis. I think is the dark horse in this movie. Everyone needs to go see it just just for her. She plays a pregnant woman who basically shoots the seaside strangler. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, there's so much going on. And, and uh, uh, it, it's just Steve Martin's hilarious. Uh, he he runs a a call center, a suicide hotline call center, and I, I just remember one of the things that that he says when he's talking to the guys is, "My father always said it's like a life is like a pothole," and he takes all the letters away so that he can spell the word hope. <laughs> <laughs> He's just. It's, God, that was his second. That was Lee Shriver's second movie ever. Yes, and he's. Oh my gosh! You'll hear. You will. Hey, hear Stephen me. Wright's in this. Far out, man. Yeah, Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright plays a one of the suicide. He he's a guy who's going to commit suicide. No, this is his theatrical film. Lee Shriver's theatrical film debut. Okay. Yeah. 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 Great great flick this is a dark flick that nobody nobody ever knows about it or or hears about it it never made it i don't even know what rotten tomatoes called it imdb's rating is only a five out of ten but it's it's dark humor like i'm into so so yeah there you go Uh, let's see here boom wow 13 that that does not surprise me. But the, the audience score was forty seven. Because it's it's got a cult f- following. It's almost like it's almost like Rocky Horror. Yeah. You know, every year, whether I'm at my mother's house or or somebody else's house at Christmas, I play this movie because <laughs> it's just downright sick and I've you know, like I said, she kills the seaside strangler. They they wrap him up so that he looks like a Christmas tree and try to dispose of the body. It's hilarious. <laughs> Madeline Kahn is caught in an elevator for half the show. It is fr- she is sitting there ripping open Christmas presents that she has for her her grandkids or her nieces and nephews, and is like playing a a musical trumpet, and then she's. <laughs> singing into a mr music thing (laughs) i'm like i'm like this movie is fucking brilliant but then again then again you know i i have to sit back and be a little bit worried about this because burke didn't find baba hotep funny no i did i just didn't i i don't appreciate it as much as you do i liked it well i liked it way better than spies like us they dyed me this color (laughs) <laughs> it's probably one of those movies going to grow on me like i watch it again and go this is this doesn't suck you know it's, it's, come on Can bruce campbell as freaking elvis is hilarious now the other guy is as jfk oh. was even funnier 
I'll rub my own bumps. <laughs> I can do it myself. <laughs> All right, what happened? I actually had an idea for a show, and I'm trying to find the shared folder, but I can't find the shared folder. Share it with me. Our shared folder? Yeah. I would have to open up my Google. It's somewhere in here. There we go. Suggestion list. Yay. Okay. So (laughs) funny. It's right on the front page for me. (laughs) Let's see. Oh, I see you're writing. Let's see. That's maybe not the best way to, but the songs. Yeah. Songs have been covered. Yeah. That one's going to be a tough one because I really want to do it as songs from the eighties or songs that we grew up with that have been redone now and are influencing audiences today. Like I said, that, well, whole- that, that, I mean, here's the thing. I, you know, it's like, I was going through a bunch of those songs and putting yeah. you know, some on a list and I'm like doing a little bit of research and going, Oh shit, that that's a cover of, somebody else and then oh shit that's actually a cover of a cover of somebody else so i thought like it it could be any era of a song that's like more like you take the popular song that everybody knows and find the song that is derived from or sampled from or covered from originally and there's just tons out there i mean uh the the, i'm not gonna have a brain cell for this am i um Bittersweet Symphony. Oh, great, great. That was the the Verve. Yes, is a cover of a instrumental cover of the Rolling Stones. This will be the last time. Yeah, it's like you're like, what? That can't be right. Then you listen to the instrumental version and you can hear the Stones version. It's like, holy shit, you know, and then like... uh, uh mariah carey's song from free guy you know is is sampled from the tom tom club which is the uh, members of the walking heads minus david Byrne. wow um so there's just a lot of fun stuff to go into just songs that have been covered because like you know you, you can do three or four steps sometimes and it's kind of hilarious okay what do you mean by music shows what do you mean well, I'm I'm going through this list, and and number twenty three just says music shows. Are you talking about concerts or? I don't know. You're editing it. No, I'm actually not. No, I don't know. I just highlighted it. No, I, I don't know. I may have started something and then got sidetracked at work or something. Uh, All to say. See that one's kind of cool. Ten antique items that you'd like, that you wish you could own, and why? Yeah, I'll have to look at this list again. Uh, Ten cities in the USA you'd like to visit, but have not visited. That one's hard. When (laughs) when you tour for a living. That one becomes hard. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a suggestion list. That's all. As, uh, 
I have been to 49 of the 50 states in America. Oh, my. There's only one state I have not done a show in. Alaska? Alaska. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Uh, mm. I don't know of. Um, this bourbon's got like a sweet note sometimes that hits you. It's, it's really nice. This sounds like a good bourbon, a good cigar bourbon. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Yeah. I love me a cigar. Never, never got a liking for cigars. I may have to have a cigar when I'm in Ohio. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, yeah, I, I want to do a uh, a kind of <sighs> compilation of Christmas shows. Like your five best Christmas shows. And we do a two-show review of all of them. Because almost every Christmas show is the same. Yeah. Are you talking TV or movie or what? Both. Both. Okay. Both. Because there's, I mean, like, TV-wise... Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a show from Britain. It was on BBC called Vicar of Dibley. And heard of it, but they have they have one episode called The Christmas Lunch, which is freaking hilarious, where <laughs> the the pastor, who's a woman played by Don French, ends up going to like five people's houses for Christmas lunch. And like one of the last scenes is her being driven home in the front of a tractor. <laughs> is that from French and Saunders? Same lady. Okay. Same lady. She's funny as hell. Oh my God. Dawn French is freaking hilarious. Uh, her at the time, her husband was uh, Gareth Gareth. What? I can't remember his name. He actually started in a, in a, uh, in a British comedy called Chefs. And it was hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. So how are you doing, buddy? I'm okay. Um, I mean, work's been pretty effing slow. I kind of suck when I was off sick, man. I had to, like, split. I had three new cars show up. No, I, yeah. I had two, two brand new cars show up. And then uh, one of my previous customers was I was talking with right before I left. She came in, bought a used car. So, I mean, I missed out on like, you know, one and a half car deals because it got split with other people. But it is what it is. And I've never napped so much in my life. Holy cow. I've never taken so many naps. Oh, my God. It's almost there. You can almost, almost see the screen. No, I, I almost have my glasses straight. I have ah. to bend them up. Okay, I sat on these glasses, uh, but they're the only transition glasses that I have, so I have to wear them a lot at work. I don't know. Fuck it. I don't care anymore. I don't need to see. We need to go into a break. <laughs> uh, I guess I got to see the screen to go into. Oh, look, and now I got my magnifying glasses on. <laughs> All right. Bye, 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 bye. Um, 
All right. Look, I'm there's put- a cattail. Oh, look at Kendrick. Look, Kendrick's ass. Look at him. Look at it. Kendrick and Mama Penelope need to uh, get together and hang uh, out. Don't, don't lay on the keyboard. You're going to do something stupid. Uh, ask, ask Brother Scott. He knows about cats doing stupid. No, no, don't lay on the keyboard. Uh, let's this, see is the, this is the only time this cat wants attention is when I'm busy doing this particular show. Oh, here we go. Are you ready, sir? Yes, I Are am you ready. Ready to go out. Cool outro music. Yeah. Are you ready? I, I, I've been ready. <laughs> yeah. It's Billy Joel. Everyone loves Billy Joel. Except the people that work for him, but yeah. kids well we'll see you back here in just a couple minutes Freedom's like burning warm 
Freedom's light burning warm I was kind of surprised at the music that you like considering the other music that you like. Good thing I can't hear a damn thing you're saying. How could you not like Neil Diamond? I'm just saying. Oh. Hello. I can't see what these glasses are. I know, it's are. really small. But... <clears throat> Why are you riding the My Little Pony ride? And where are you riding the My Little Pony ride? Toys R Us. That was the Toys R Us in New York City when we went my junior year of Oh, no shit. (laughs) That's awesome. Very hard to see. Actually, I think that picture is on my Facebook. That picture is on my Facebook. You can see this on Samantha's Facebook page. It's the My Little Pony ride in New York City. No, it was the Ferris wheel. A My Little Pony Ferris wheel at Toys R Us in New York City. Yeah, remember the one the, the Toys R Us in New York City used to have that Ferris wheel inside, uh-huh. and each one, each gondola was like whatever they're called. Um, each one was uh, themed differently, um, and friends just happened to get the. Come to America. Coming to America. That's the end of it. Thank you, thank you. That was that was the rendition that nobody will ever get to see <laughs> uh, so it was good to see sam at the what that was what now that was the that was a toys r us store pony. in new york city that they had a ferris wheel my and one pony. of the gondolas was the my little pony gondola that she was on 2016. back in 2016 apparently when she was only a teenager she was in high school it was a high school trip Theater, teenager you know. teenager Damn. band my band. 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 band one day at band camp this one time at band camp yes yeah. one day at band camp oh god i play flute too don't <laughs> <laughs> i know that line <laughs> hey uh did you did you know this? We are literally only Three six weeks. sixteen episodes away from our seventy fifth episode this year. What? Sixteen episodes away from seventy five? Wow. Seventy five. 75 I think we're I think 75 is going to be we'll get a whole bunch of people on. Okay. And just have some good discussions. Uh discuss some of the things about the show, different things that have happened. We'll get Meathead on. We'll get Sam on. We'll get Jordan and Jeff. Uh we'll get we'll get the other Sam. 
You're Sam. Wh- whoever we can get. Whomever. We'll just get a whole bunch of people. I'll even ask Carl, who will say no. Yeah. No, no. Um, but that's okay. We, we that's the other daughter. She may want to do it if she's not working. And uh, I don't think. Oh, be- Taylor. Well, no, she'll probably be. Oh, no, uh, it's Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to have Taylor come, but she's going to have to listen to a couple of the shows, I guess. Nah. Oh, <laughs> you see, yeah, I, I think what I'm going to do for the 75th show is cut up some excerpts from all the shows, and we'll just have freaking ruckus discussions about the crap that we said. Ugh, all except for the um, the Truth or Dare show. Which no. I'm not allowed to ever. We don't speak of that show. <laughs> the show we do not name. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, okay, so. <laughs> so, I was at work one day, and one of the guys that I work with, we actually talk a lot. We, we joke around. We say some things that are kind of mean and crass and all that. And, uh, uh, one day, one day we were we were talking about um, how uh, uh, corn needs to be a stable part of everybody's diet. Um, Why? Because it goes really well when you're tossing salad. <laughs> So, so the other day, the other the other day, I'm at work, and the night before, I had eaten like a pound of corn. So yeah, I asked your buddy if you wouldn't mind tossing your salad because hey, I had some corn. It should be in your diet. <laughs> no, I didn't eat, dude. I took a shit at work. <laughs> it was all corn. I took a picture of it. <laughs> and promptly sent it to him, didn't you? Promptly. Promptly SMS text that. <laughs> I message will never be the same. <laughs> Mmm, corn casserole. Mmm. Uh. I, I, uh, yeah. I, I really need to get him on the show with us. Um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah. I, okay, so this is a guy that I have contests with at work. To see who is the better hospitality person. Um, who is going to take care of the customer better? Who is actually going to make more of an imprint on somebody's life? And usually... It's him. Uh, he's got moments. He's, <laughs> he's not as good as I am. 
<laughs> How badly does he suck then? Good God. No, he, he's, he's not as good as I am. He, 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 he does not have the he does not have the comedic value. He doesn't have he is not wildly entertaining. He is a good suck up. Trust me, he can suck up to the best. But I have found in life laughter is a hell of a lot more important than sucking up. You make a person laugh, they they're on about, your side. Yep, yep. They they forget about the fact that it's a five hour round. Yeah, I have found even in my job, like if I if I find the thing that makes them laugh or if we have a shared sense of humor, it's just everything's just way more fun and easy and just, you know, everybody's enjoying themselves at that point. So yeah, it's all good. See, so so I sent him I sent him <laughs> he was sick today. Um, besides the the picture of the corn, uh, I sent him. Uh... Oh wait, <laughs> he said he said he was having trouble with his legs this morning. I, I said, "Stop having anal. That will solve everything." <laughs> oh my! Then, then I sent him. Then I sent him a. The next text was, that's just what my mother tells me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then, then I said. You know, and you missed the opportunity to turn around and go, at least that's what your mom told me. Come on, man. <laughs> You're losing your touch. Oh, my God. Um, so so then I said, do, do you know what this means? I beat you for hot hot hospitality today. He he writes back, take a picture, write it down, and don't forget it because it's the last time that'll happen. So <laughs> I immediately screenshot it and sent it back to him. <laughs> <laughs> Such a fabulous day. I love working at a golf course, dude. I'm telling you, this is the best job ever. It's, Yeah. There's a sound bite we need. We need what? Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez going golf clap? Golf clap. Golf clap? Golf clap? Golf clap. <laughs> Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, I, I put all the sound bites back in. But the real excitement, of course, is going to come at the end of the summer uh, during Sexual Awareness Week. We import 200 hookers from around the world, and each camper, armed with only a thermos of coffee and $2,000 cash, tries to visit as many countries as he can. And the winner, of course, is named King of Sexual Awareness Week and is allowed to rape and pillage the neighboring towns until camp ends. It's going to be our next golf tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Here's $2,000 and a thermos of coffee. There's a hooker on every hole. The person that gets her wins. <laughs> There's no golf in here. Just drive to the next hole. <laughs> Feel sorry for that girl on 18 who gets the ugliest kid in the foursome. <laughs> Why do I have iRobot as one of my things? Were we supposed to do that movie? Because I hate that fucking movie. I hate it. 
I hate that movie. I've read the books, and it's just got fuck all to do with the movie. Hate it. Why did you pick it then? I, I have it written down on my thing. Maybe we talked about it at one point, and I wrote it down to, so we can remember it. Other than that, I don't know. It just says iRobot. That's it. Well, you know, there are much better movies than that. And when I find her, I will marry her. Never! And things I will be happy and my curse will be lifted. You can go off and rule the universe from beyond the grave. Indeed! Or check into a psycho war, whichever comes first, huh? There are... You, pro- you probably like the Batman more than you like, like iRobot. Oh, God, I hate iRobot. that's gotta be one of the worst movies ever made it was kind of pretty and that's all i had going for it that was it fuck i hated that movie it was not best movie (laughs) ever Chuck Norris plays my father. <laughs> so. Yes. Oh, I got to remember this joke. Hold on. So the Pope, it must be so, a really good joke. So Jesus, the Pope, and Chuck Norris are in a boat. And they get kind of close to shore. Yeah. But before they do, Jesus gets out of the boat walks over the water to the shore. Chuck Norris gets out of the boat, walks uh-huh. over water to the shore. The Pope gets out of the boat, falls right in the water, is floundering around, has to swim up to the shore. And the Pope goes up to Jesus and he goes, How, you know, what What the heck? It's like, you know, oh no, it, there were rocks right there under the water that you could walk on. And Chuck Norris goes, what rocks? <laughs> That's all kinds of wrong. Uh, let's see here. I'm. I'm. Uh, uh, what are we? Okay. What are we gonna try and do next week? While I'm looking for this. Um. I'm. I'm. I'm seriously getting a little bit nervous because we're we're kind of sucking on topics lately we've hit all the great ones you know uh have we have we now (laughs) well i mean you know we did the best movie ever it was all downhill from there you can't top it you know no man Did you bring up the the list? The list again? Which list? The the list of shit that we're supposed to do. That that we have in reserve that we're thinking about doing, or the uh, yeah yeah oh, buddy. okay. Well, I added in the songs have been covered, the five favorite Xmas shows and TV movies. That's later on. Uh, movies that can't be made today is one of them. Uh, natural disasters best. I think we did the best movie lines ever. Yeah. I think we did that one. So I got to delete that. Boom. 
20 completely random obscure facts. That could be fun. Yeah. Like diamonds can be made from peanut butter. Okay. <laughs> and we got the deep dive on Hogan's Heroes, which is going to get pretty dark, I would imagine. But but there's so many interesting parts to to the Hogan's Heroes thing. I mean, that yeah, the yeah. actors that were in it, I, I mean, just doing the biographies of each person is going to be totally interesting. Yep, and the and, basis the, the basis of the TV show, and yeah, and we could do that next. That'd be fine with me. You want to deep dive on Hogan's Heroes then? I would love to. All right. I would love to. All right, so y- you um a second ago brought up brought up Jesus. Um, and it forced me, it forced my hand here. I'm going to have to play something for you. In this part of Africa, we all have a say. Whenever something bad happens, we just throw our hands to the sky and say, Hasadiga Ibowai. Hasadiga Ibowai? It's the only way to get through all these troubled times. There's war, poverty, famine. But having a saying makes it all seem better. There isn't enough food to eat. Hasadiga Ibowai. People are starving in the street. Hasadiga Ibowai. Well, that's pretty neat. Does it mean no worries for the rest of our days? <laughs> kind of. We've had no rain in several days. And 80% of us have AIDS. Many young girls here get circumcised. The clits get cut right off. Well, Jesus. What the hell is this from? Now you drive. <laughs> Just stand up tall, tilt your head to the sky, and list off the bad things in your. I can't hear you. The most blasphemous Broadway show ever. The Book of Mormon? Correct. Life. <laughs> took our luggage away. The plane was crowded and the bus was late. When the world is getting you down, there's nobody else to blame. Raise your middle finger to the sky and curse his rotten name. Wait, what? Hasadiga Ibowai. Am I saying that? Excuse me, sir, but, but what exactly does that phrase mean? Well, let's see. Ibowai. Why can't I name this freaking thing? And Hasadiga means fuck you. (laughs) So I guess in English it would be fuck you, God. Hasadiga Ibowai. What? When God fucks you in the butt. Hasadiga Ibowai. Fuck God right back in his cunt. Hasadiga Ibowai. sir but you should really not be saying that things aren't always as bad as they seem oh really well take this fucking asshole matumbo here 
He got caught last week trying to rape a baby. What? Why? Some people in his tribe believe that having sex with a virgin will cure their AIDS. There aren't many virgins left, so some of them are turning to babies. But that's horrible. I know. Asadiga Ibuai. Here's the butcher. He has AIDS. Here's the teacher. She has AIDS. Here's the doctor. He has AIDS. Here's my daughter. She has AIDS. Wonderful disposition. <laughs> and if either of you lays a hand on her, I will give you my aid. If you don't like what we say, try living here a couple days. Watch all your friends and family die. Asadiga that this might be this might be a show for us to broadcast from <laughs> pardon it's, it just kind of fits us i've never seen it though i have never even listened to all the music <laughs> I, i'll send you all the music you can listen as i said it is <laughs> i mean i remember the the South Park episode that this was based on, and it was a fucking brilliant episode of South Park. Holy crap. Um, How many it, awards did it, they win for that show, by the way? Oh, God. Um, let's see here. I have to open my window, and it is... Uh... Hey, you can do that now with the new supercomputer, the Beast. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it just doesn't. Uh, it doesn't just, even hesitate, does it? Just says okay. It says okay. I'm here. I'm here. Let's do this thing. Uh, the Book of Mormon. Why? Why is my? Why, why are you being a? Why are you being a jerk, cat? Why? Who? I'm just trying to pet you. Apparently, he wants to be catapulted off of my table. Uh, well, that's just Kendrick. Mm-hmm. All right. So the Book of Mormon originally came out in 2011 on Broadway. God, it's been that uh, long. Good Lord. Written by Trey Parker, Robert Lopez, and Matt Stone. List of awards. Tony Award for Best Musical, Tony Award for Best Book, Tony Award for Best Original Score, Grammy Award for Best Musical, Theater, uh, Best Musical Theater Album. It won the Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Musical, Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Music, 
Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Lyrics, the Lawrence Olivier Award for Best New Musical, and the Helpman Award for Best Musical. Wow. Uh, yeah. That, that's that's a big point. And, and, you know, I did have this on my list to talk about for some reason tonight. Um, my 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 mentor one of my mentors hal binkley uh, uh used to used to tell me when i worked with him that um that he wasn't as proud of his tony awards as he was the drama desk awards hmm because okay. the drama desk awards were given to him by his peers where the the tony awards are are a few people you know voted it's, on by somebody who could be influenced yeah and uh he he always told me the drama desk was more important to him and to see three drama desk awards Plus the Lawrence Olivier Award, which is is a big award to get. That that one kind of surprised me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, it's I okay. The show staging wise, it's it's a uh, it's abs it's absolutely gorgeous to watch. Uh, technically, you you see a lot of a lot of backdrops, video screens being used, different stuff like that, at least in the later versions. I'm not sure how the original was. I didn't see the original. Well, they started off Broadway, I believe, right? It's, or is it still off Broadway? It, no, it, it it premiered on Broadway. Uh, the Book of Mormon premiered on Broadway in the Eugene O'Neill Theater on March 24th, 2011. Uh, where did they workshop it? They workshopped it. Uh, the final five weeks took place in August. Okay, they're not saying where it actually. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Okay. So Lopez, one of the writers. Um, was working on Avenue Q in the oh, West. With the puppets End. and shit? Yeah, oh yes. God, they're hilarious. Oh my gosh, that is one of the best, one of the best <laughs> shows. If you ever get the chance to go see Avenue Q, uh, any of their shows are hilarious. A lot of them are improv. Did you, did you ever watch uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer on TV? Yes, I, I watch, watched all of them. Did you watch Angel? Yes, watch. There all was an. Of them. There was an. You remember the episode where they turned him into a puppet? Yes, that was Avenue Q. <laughs> that was fucking brilliant. Uh, let's see here. Uh, who who was in this? The original Broadway cast had Andrew Rennells as Elder Price. Actually, there's nobody on that list that I know, which is weird. <laughs> Um. Yeah, that's very weird. All right, cool. 
cool. There's, there, there's another soundbite. You'll have to find the dum 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 dung song from that South Park episode. Oh God. <laughs> um. Dum, let's dum, see dum, here. Dum dum dum. dum. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I don't have it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they have a two-second clip on YouTube of just dum 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 dum. Uh, the closest I have is don't 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 a lot of dough. That's a lot of dough, man. A lot of dough. A lot of dough. Now, do you remember the South Park, uh, the apocalypse? The, 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 um, oh, come on here. They've had a couple. They've had the, uh, the Happy Tree Friends episode that almost brought the apocalypse. They had the stoners that almost created the apocalypse. I've not seen the last couple years of them, though. The post-apocalyptic. Oh, is that where Butters was like king of the uh, the kids? Like all the. Um, all of the. All the parents were were sent away to prison. And it was just the kids left to run South Park. Yes. Cartman had found out that he could accuse his mom of sexual harassment or something, and they all got they all got put in prison. And then Butters was basically the the Lord of the Flies kind of thing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, there was a play that was written, and I lit it. It was it was a world premiere, the whole shebang, and uh, it was. Uh, Mr. Burns post apocalyptic. That was that was it. Mr. Burns. <laughs> Burns post electric play. That was it. <laughs> All right, date premiered May 2012 considered a black comedy and it was it premiered in the woolly mammoth theater but we did the regional premiere at stage west and it is yeah okay in the first act shortly after okay so this is based on the the simpsons simpsons not not south park okay uh, I thought you would have figured that out when I said Mr. Burns. Um, it, it, dude, it's if you get the chance to ever get the script and read it, you will die laughing. It is funny. It is the entire first act was done in front of a burn barrel. I had no lights on. But but I recreated fire in the burn barrel. So all the actors had to keep huddling around 
to stay in their light. To stay in light. <laughs> it was freaking hilarious. Like the beginning of the second act, they're all in gas masks singing a song. Oh God! That I was sounds like, like a nightmare. I was like, "This is this is just not going to go well." Um, but it was like that that towards the end of the third act, I was actually able to use a bunch of color and stuff. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, oh my God, I loved that show. That was probably, dude. I won a column award for that show. <laughs> I enjoyed that best lighting design of a of an equity musical. Um, Very nice. Yeah, that was it. Was a that was a dude. I spent hours getting that thing set up, and at the very end of of the the show, Mister Burns is having to ride a bicycle to create energy to create power. So they turned his bike into a generator. <laughs> and the the very last this bike is like 20 feet in the air. <laughs> so he's got to go up to the balcony, crawl out over the balcony, get onto this bike and start pedaling. And the whole time that he's pedaling, I, I'm having all of these effects running so that the lights look like they're going wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and uh, so, so closing night, our our actor that was the lead, who was who was playing playing Mr. Burns, basically, um, <laughs> I, I told the the board up and the stage manager leave the lights on for about ten more seconds. Just leave it on. Because he got tired real quick. He had to run. <laughs> he had to run from downstairs all the way up onto the balcony, jump over the balcony, get onto the bike so that nobody saw it. And, uh, yeah. So so I made him sit there and pedal for like 10 seconds longer. And he just kept looking over at me. Because where he jumps out on the balcony that's right where the light board is. <laughs> so he could turn left and he's looking right at us. <laughs> hey buddy. I love you, man. <laughs> love you, Scott. Can you turn the lights off now? I'm tired. Anyways, I started talking about how Binkley. I got to talk about how Binkley. Um, how was one of my mentors? I met him 1999 at the Dallas theater center. Uh, What did we, what were we doing? We were doing the, the show Guys and Dolls. Now, this was actually kind of kind of neat for me because I'm working with Hal Binkley, who, is, who had won a Tony Award for Kiss of the Spider Woman at that point in time. And Jersey Boys and In the Heights and West Side well, Story and How to Succeed in Business and After Midnight, yeah, he, Hamilton. He, uh, well, he he has a he has a lot of of Tony Awards now, but at the time that I was working with him, he only had Kiss of the Spider Woman, and people kept kind of how do you say it? They he wasn't the prized child in in Broadway's eyes. Um, he was 
he got the Oliver Award for Kiss of the Spider Woman. He did not win the Tony, but he was nominated. No. He was nominated, did not win it. Um so, so how <laughs> okay. Nineteen ninety-nine, how was a little bit of a drinker. How was how was pretty much set in his ways? Okay. We're at Dallas Theater Center. Guys in Dallas. It's going to be the last show of the year. We're going to do it at the ADT Theater. That's a big 790-seat theater. Uh, that's basically a big-ass barn that we have to transform into a an acting space. And uh, the set designer was Ming Cho Lee, who... Anyone who is in the the theater world knows Ming Cho Lee. He is the the head of set design at Yale School of Drama. Uh, he's he's been around for a little while. Um, very good man. Anyways, Hal, I I get an email from Hal prior to him showing up at. The, the Dallas Theater Center. Um, now, Burke, if you notice the picture behind me, that was the actual light board that I used at the Dallas Theater Center to program Guys and Dolls with oh, me and Charlie. God. Yeah. Talk about age there. That's an obsession. ETC obsession board. So, Is that based on an IBM Selectric? God, I wish. <laughs> so I get this email from from Hal before he even gets there. And this is before I even start mentoring under him. And uh the email basically says here's the the things that I need. I need a pot of coffee at the light board. I need an ashtray. I need a bottle of bourbon <laughs> and that was all that was in the email. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing so, about the lighting itself. Just so I, I, I send him, I send him an email back and he's, he's like, he's like, I don't, I don't care what bourbon. Um, as far as the ashtray goes, I was like, you know, we, we don't allow smoking. And he goes, you will with me. <laughs> okay. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. So I get everything set up out there. My boss looks at me and goes, you know, you have to tell him that he can't smoke. I'm like, dude, it's it's how binkly. I'm not yeah, you guys can tell him. Go, go have <laughs> go fun. Right ahead. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. I hang I get his entire plot hung before he gets there and i mean it's a god awful amount of lights <laughs> it, it was like 250 lights half of them had scrollers it was just yeah. it was huge if i would have had moving lights well we didn't have nobody could afford moving lights back then so Anyways, he gets there and he looks up and uh, like I would have a Fresnel pointing straight down and right next to it was a light with a gobo. 
So they all hit in the same spot. It was, he taught me a shit ton about lighting a show. Um, anyways, we get, he gets there and he looks at everything that we've done and everything that we, he doesn't even focus the lights. He, he looks at me and goes, yeah, you do it. (laughs) Uh, he's like, okay. the light right's there. It explains where everything goes. I was like, okay, I'll <laughs> take care of that for you, buddy. Um, so he, on the first night, you know, he leaves. I stay all night, get everything focused and all that. He comes in the next day. I'm tired because I haven't slept yet. And he was like, okay, this is going to be an easy day. He's like, just type what I, what I say. And and this was, this was really where I learned how, how teching a show should be and how wrong most people are. Like most people want to do a dry tech and all this beforehand and all that. How was like, fuck you. We're not doing that. (laughs) Just run the show. I will build and it'll be great. And, and what what that caused was instead of instead of something being built on paper with no feeling it it allowed him the opportunity to build cues that that were musically based uh that you felt so you you could see the intensity increase. He was he was brilliant. Um. Anyway, so the first day, we get through everything. The first day of tech, it's like the third day of tech, where we're finally getting done early enough to where we can go out and do stuff. And I'm like, hey, we're going to go over to Snooky's. You want to come over? Do, do you want to explain to the folks at home what tech means? All right. So uh, in our theater, uh, when, you, when you're dealing with a professional theater, regional theater, whatever, um, you're going to tech for about a week. Um, and, and this is just you guys going through the show getting all the pieces and motions to work together. Yeah, the, the, um, the cast have been, been memorizing their lines. They've been memorizing their dance. They've got all the choreography they, they, down. Now been, you're melding the set, the lights, and all of their movements together so that it becomes one cohesive piece. And this is, it's sometimes not an easy thing because like the director sometimes will stop and go, I, I, I need some light over here. And the tech director is like, okay, I got to do that. And so, yeah. That's uh, the, the whole point in tech is to bring all of the pieces that you've been working at for the past eight months or eight weeks. Separately. Yeah separately all of them come together at that point in time your audio comes together your your lighting comes together your your people are finally on a set and they're now now all the blocking that they've had before is having to be conformed to the to the room that they have you know 
when you're blacking out a dance, you're not, you're doing it in a blank room with tape. I mean, on there's the there's floor. tape on the floor and you're like, a, there's a wall or there, there's a, there's a, there's a rock over there or whatever. And you, you don't see it. You don't feel it. You don't react to it. Now and, and, and it's the, all there and you have to, you have to deal with it. That was, that's, you know, this is it. Everything is coming together. Now your first, your first day attack is usually a 10 out of 12. And what that means is that you work 10 hours out of 12 hours in a day. Uh, in most regional theaters, you can get two 10 out of 12s, and then the rest have to be uh, six out of eights. Um, so, you know, you're, you're, you're busting hump. And like I said, by the third day, we were able to go out to the bar afterwards. Snuckies was still up until two. So Hal and I would go out every night. And I was like, man, this guy can drink. <laughs> I, this guy could drink. So he and I get along really, really well. We go through the whole show. It It's, it's, it's not opening night. It's preview night. Okay. And I'm like, Hal, do you need me to come pick you up? He was like, no, I'll be fine. I have a rental car. And okay, cool. Um, Hal didn't show up until like halfway through the preview. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? I'm like, Hal, what, what's going on? He's like, I wrecked my car. <laughs> what are you talking about? That was a rental car. He was like, yeah. It's gone. <laughs> Gotta get another one. <laughs> it's probably a different company at that point. Could you call the company manager and get me another car? <laughs> so, so opening night comes and I'm dressed up in my in my black suit, black shirt, yeah. black tie. I'm looking all nice and hot. And Hal walks in. And he hands me a bottle, and it's a $150 bottle of Glenlivet. Oh, shit. It's like 18-year-old scotch. He's like, here, Ooh. this is for you. I went, wow, that's nice. That's cool. Uh, you want to sit together during the show? He was like, yeah, we could do that. So we go up and and sit in the, in the, up by the, up behind the light board, okay. basically, um, to, to watch the show and. We're sitting there and uh, we make it through the first act. We're going into the second act. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're, we're at the hot box. You know what? I kind of want to, I kind of want to drink. I think I might take a sip of that scotch that he got me. And I reach down and I grab the tube and I pick it up. I open it. I pull the bottle out. The motherfucker drank it all. <laughs> <laughs> Gave you an empty bottle of scotch. No, he drank it while we were sitting there watching the show. I wasn't watching him. I was watching <laughs> Killed it off in the first act, and you didn't even get a sip. Nothing. Nothing. And, and, the, and the, the moral of that story is when the director gives you a bottle of scotch, crack that motherfucker open right now and take a sip, because that may be the last one you get. 
<laughs> Hal, Hal died. I think I think it was last year, twenty twenty, in twenty twenty. Um, so two years ago. Uh, Hal, Hal quit drinking. He was sober, probably a little too late, but okay. He was sober for like almost ten years. I think it was. I can't. I think he was just about to have his ten year chip. Um. And I remember talking to him right before right before he died. I didn't know that he was sick. Um, probably six months before he died, he died of lung cancer. Uh, and, yeah. and like I like I said, he was the only lighting designer I ever met that mandated that there was an ashtray at <laughs> at the tech table. And I mean, he hotboxed. It was he light went off the other one. Oh, hang on. Here, here we go. <laughs> Where's that scotch? <laughs> so, I, okay. Uh, I guess I guess I I brought that up because uh, we were talking about theater stuff and and I guess I I never really had the opportunity to talk to his girlfriend or anything like that when he died. Um, and he was a phenomenal guy. It, it was, it was really cool. I lived in Rhode Island in 2002, I think it was. And I went up to, uh, ART at Harvard to, to, I, I worked part-time at Harvard university, uh, for, for, American Repertory Theater. And uh I went up there to to set up a show. And I I, I started looking at the plot. And I was like this is a how this is how Binkley. This is either somebody that worked under Hal, who mentored under Hal or it's how Binkley. And we got done setting up and lo and behold, Hal Binkley walks in. <laughs> it's like, damn, long time no see. Um, he was he was a great guy. He taught me so much. There were two lighting designers in my life that taught me a lot about about theater, and that was that was Tom Skelton mm-hmm. uh, from the University of Akron. Uh, well, actually, he wasn't a part of the University of Akron, but he did do work at E.J. Thomas Hall. He did do work with the Ohio Ballet, um, and and he he really tried to help students from. Uh, yeah, he he was a cool dude. I mean, I yeah. met him a couple times. It's like I I assumed he was a teacher or on uh, you know. You would think that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was. Tom Skelton was one of the guys that, that, well, I'll tell his story in a second, but Tom Skelton and Hal Binkley really shaped me into the lighting designer that I became. And they also taught me the bad habits of being a dick. (laughs) I think you had those down pat before you met them. Thank you. Thank you. Now back to Tom Skelton. (laughs) Tom Skelton. Tom Skelton was I worked with him before Hal, and Tom Skelton taught me 
so much about the movement of the body and and how important it is to use light in different directions for different different movements jesus you you want to go over his broadway stuff real quick oh yeah hit it guys guys and dolls 1976 the king and i 1977 Gigi, Gigi in 1973, Shenandoah in 1974, uh, Matter of Gravity, 1976, Death of a Salesman, 1975, and 1984, Oklahoma, 1979, Peter Pan, 1979, Brigadoon, 1980. Now, wait, 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 wait. Lena uh, Horn. Oh, fucking A, uh, man. You said Death of a Salesman in 80 what? 75 and 84. So 84 would have been the Dustin Hoffman version. Yeah. Uh, Iceman Cometh, 1985. Um, Robert Joffrey's Ballet Estarte. Uh, Jerome Robinson's Dance is a Gathering. Martha Graham's Rite of Spring. Wow. Eh. He was he was also the resident lighting designer for the Ohio Ballet. Um he he along with Hal Binkley were uh regulars with the Joffrey um which is one of the premier dance companies uh in the world they actually tour now the the neat thing about about Tom Skelton and working with Tom Skelton is that he was how do you say this? He he was orthodox in the way that he placed his lights. I mean, you had front light, you had side light, you had you had boom, you always had booms with him. You had, you had god spots, you had backlight. Yeah, yeah. It's a, he. I he, mean, ballet is really ballet and dance is a really different scheme than like Broadway lighting. But he understood them both really well. <laughs> And and what what he taught me was that it's okay to have multiple cues to extenuate the dancer. Uh, one of his favorite things to do when when we did when I helped him with the Joffrey, he had these these um, shafts of light that would go in an X, so that as a dancer went from upstage right to downstage left he could just have them running through the shaft of light and it was i mean it was brilliant you know and the way that he manipulated the light around these dancers made it seem like they were by themselves they were they were alone he would kill the lights in different places to shut down seeing anything else he was one of the few guys that so you're saying he used negative space all the time and and he used it to advance the dancer which was cool as shit i mean to me i was like holy cow look at how that dancer is popping you are watching just the dancer because of how he's manipulating the lighting around them um 
and and like I said, that that's also why a lot of his shows had a boatload of cues because you were having to watch that dancer, and when they moved to the next area, you had to kill the light in the in the other area. Um, yeah, he he was he was a brilliant mastermind as far as theater goes. I you know I think we were lucky at the University of Akron. Oh my God, yeah, we had some we had some like top tier talent teaching us uh you had adel who had many th- I mean, he was in he was in textbooks for fuck's sake you know oh, yeah. like, you had skelton who was in textbooks yeah we had teachers who were in textbooks used across the entire united states for theater it was kind of amazing and i really didn't realize that when i was there i had no clue and and, and that's i mean I didn't realize it when we were there. Uh, you know, all, all I dealt with was Paul Dom and Randall Enlow. Um, the phallic symbol. <laughs> Lisa Strata. Lisa Strata. God, I wish you had. I wish you had been there for. Uh, oh God, what was the show that the one grad student did? Uh, uh, Modern Mythos. It was a great show because it was like all Palm, Paul Dom inspired, but it like took it to another level. It was great. That was um, that I I saw the show, but I wasn't a part of it. Yeah, I I wasn't doing stuff there at that point in time. But it was a, it was a, it was funny as hell, man. It was a great Kevin, show. Kevin, Kevin Head, Kevin Linnell was in that. Yeah, I mean, like, oh yeah, it was a, it was a fun show that, like, it, it mixed. Greek gods and 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 Roman was, gods and you know God, it was hilarious, man. I said, you know what, Paul Paul Dom was always into that Greek stuff. Uh, Lysistrata. <laughs> well, I wonder why. <laughs> big big old penises. Uh, that's a phallic symbol. Uh, um, I I know I told you I know I've told you that story about about the Lysistrata tour that I was on. Hmm. Oh, my God. Let's take a break, and we'll come back for that. All right. (laughs) Uh, That one's going to, ooh, ooh. All right. Here we go. Welcome to your life. This is a good, good cover. Even while we sleep, you will find you acting on your best behavior. Turn your back on Mother Nature. Everybody wants to. This will be in our show. Oh, yeah. This this will be in a... Because this is from The Hunger Games. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, it is. 
our cover show. I do really enjoy when people deconstruct a song. I think what amazes me about this song is that it was so good. Tears for Fears asked her if they could use it. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's what they opened their show with that. I forgot about that. Yeah. All right, kids, we'll see you in a couple minutes. Place these guys. Who is this? Man. Band. I have to. I have to bring up there. Sounds like anime introduction. There's compilation. Wow. I have no idea who this is. called OK Time for Plan B. Oh, 
enters Shakira. The band is Enter Secura. Interesting. And the album is Take to the Skies. It just had a really good sound to it. Yeah, no, that sounds kind of cool. Like I say, it sounds like an anime intro almost. Almost. Yeah, it's, it's actually a good song. All right. All right. So I was going to tell you about this now. <laughs> Apparently, the show has been, let's talk about Scott's festivals. Oh, that's uh, fine, man. I, I, I don't have a lot to talk about tonight, you know, other than being sick and work sucks. And, oh, actually, I do have something to talk about. Guess where I'm going to be this weekend. And maybe if you look at the background behind me, you can tell. I have, uh, well, that looks like an air show. Uh-huh. Is it, are, are you going up to the Cleveland air show? Better than that. I'm going to be on a boat. At the Cleveland the air, air show. show. Fucking A, man. Um, damn, this boat really needs to come to Put-in-Bay in September. <laughs> uh Although we're we're staying in no, a hotel, they, no, they're going to have the car there. The car is almost done. Oh, really? So they yeah, they can't have the car and the boat at the same time. It's either or. But it looks like the car is going to be done, and he's going to be racing. Really? Yes. Oh, oh this is going to be a great weekend. <laughs> Actually, it's not even a weekend. They're it's like, like four days. Yeah, it's like Tuesday through Friday. I was like, this is a weird schedule, guys. Um, well, that's good. Oh, yeah. my oh, yeah. gosh. I'm kind of looking forward to this. Is that the actual airport? at? Yeah, that Burke is Bay? Burke Lakefront. Oh, that's Burke Lakefront. Where they have the air show at. I've been to, I've actually gone to the show once. I, I, it was many years ago, and it was hot as fucking balls that day, too. I have gone to the, well, when I lived in Ohio, I went every year. Every year. And... I made sure that I was there for the Blue Angels. I always had, oh, that's why I went in the Navy. Well, kind of. I'll tell that story another day. <laughs> um, so, anyways, I was here to, I was I was going to tell you about my Lysistrata experience. We, <laughs> somehow, I got roped into doing this back-ass Wow, that was loud. What? What did I do? You didn't hear the muffler behind you? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. I, t- I tuned that shit out, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyways. So anyways, uh, for anyone who, who doesn't know what Lysistrata is, uh, or Lysistrata, if you're going to be. Lysistrata. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, written by Aristophanes. A long time ago. <laughs> I think it was 600 AD when it was written. Um, it was in the 600s, I think. I'm almost positive. Well, 
this show is about is about women women in a tribe stopping having sex with their husbands until they quit fighting a war and it, aristophanes i mean even for 600 ad no 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 it's worse than that how old originally performed in classic athens in 411 bc oh okay 411 bc people Extraordinary mission to end the Peloponnesian War between the Greek city-states by denying all the men of the land any sex, which is the only thing they truly and deeply desired. <laughs> um, perfect time to play Stripped by <laughs> Depeche Mode. <laughs> So, so this show is about the women holding back sex. And as time has gone by, I'm, I'm sure that it was, well, it was written into the script that these gentlemen had boners underneath their Plate tunics. armor or whatever, yeah, okay. I mean, they just had robes, so. Excuse you. So. As time has gone by, theater people are quite eccentric, and we must, we must take it to another level. Well, yeah. So, I get roped into doing this Lysistrata show after doing it in college, so it was on my resume, and I sent that resume to a touring company and they were like oh we really need you for this show and I went, all paul Dom taught me was that you need roscoe 56 it's a purple it's really good so, <laughs> so we have two trucks for this show go ahead and ask i, I can see it in your face go ahead and ask we're doing this show in actual theaters so you know it's it's built for a schubert sized theater like each a thomas hall okay, okay so you can fit all the lights you need into one truck uh-huh why do you need two trucks because Scott. we had a 45 foot long penis that they rode in on of course you did why wouldn't you now, now this gets better <laughs> because our show went to Mexico City. Fuck. Okay. So you tried to get a penis across the border. So, Let me guess. You got stopped. So we get stopped at the border. I, 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 I think you have told this story, but please... Now, for dear now, God's sakes, tell it again. <laughs> we're bonded and everything, so we've got all of our paperwork. Whenever you cross the border into into Canada or or southward to Mexico, you have to get your stuff bonded. 
Otherwise, they think that you've crossed the border to purchase stuff and they will tax you for stuff as it comes back across. So everything in your your trailer gets a sticker on it and it's going to say like for truck one, it'll say A1, case A1, A2, A3, A4, A5. And then in the second truck, it'll say B. The first truck that they came to to open up (laughs) was the 45 foot long schlong (laughs) that we that we put at the back of the truck with the head pointing out the doors (laughs) because you know comedic effect you gotta do it (laughs) with a big sticker on it that said B1. (laughs) (laughs) So they go, they open the truck, they look at the penis, and proceed to look at us and go, just go. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you're done. Get the fuck out. Go, go. I don't want to look at anything else. We don't. Now, when we came back across the border, the U.S. guys were dickheads. <laughs> they saw, now we did the exact same thing. We put the B truck first. They saw the penis. I thought that that would be enough. No, they decided. Oh, no. They, they decided to tear up everything in the A truck as well as our bus. <laughs> It took us two hours to put everything back together because the U.S. government doesn't do it for you. No, No, they they, tear it apart. They don't put it back together. They just rip it up and go, you have all the time you need to get it back together. (laughs) Dumbasses. That was a, yeah, that was a great time. Now, you worked at... Not Weathervane, what was it? Coach House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did some shows at Coach House. Mm-hmm. But you also worked at did I work with you over at Tangiers? No. I, I the, the only community theater I did was Weathervane and Coach House. I okay. never did any shows at which is weird because I literally could walk to the Tangiers from where I lived back then. Now, did you do shows at Carousel? In Ravenna, not Ah, in Akron. Okay. Yeah, I was literally a high school. God, those are some great times in my life. Holy cow. Um, Yeah, my, my drama teacher, Bud Thomas, Rest his soul. I loved him to death. Uh, somehow told me that they were looking for extras at um, the coach house in Ravenna. And I think it was, was I sophomore or junior? I can't remember. Anyway, um, and, and did I think I did four or five shows out there uh, over the years. Uh, when I was in high school and just had a great time. I'm actually, because of that, I'm probably just a couple hours away from getting my equity card. 
But oh, were you acting or no? I just you if you were in an equity show and you were on stage, you had I don't know a hundred hours of of being an extra, and then they had to make you equity just because you had done an equity show and you were in you you were on stage during an equity show even as an extra with no lines you just there was like 100 plus hours and you got your card so i mean i'm i'm a couple hours away from having my equity card but yes um i dated several people that had their equity card and and you're correct there i I dated a couple people who had their equity card too you get a certain well, you know, I, yeah. Eileen Brennan had her equity card. Well, we did a show called Hello Dolly, and I I did Dolly uh, many many times. Oh dear God, poor Dolly. No, that was some good <laughs> shit there, man. Uh, I think the only show, God, I think the only show I didn't get laid in was uh, the first one I did was. Um, Oh, New Moon, I think. It was mm-hmm. like a kind of oper- operetta. That was the only show I didn't get laid in. All the rest of them, I was just, I was a I was a little male whore. I mean, I was like, you have to understand, you're, you're in Ravenna, Ohio, which is the armpit of Ohio. And you have been hired from New York as an equity mm-hmm. actor to do a show in the armpit of Ohio. So now you are by a gay director, a gay producer, a gay music director. So like all the guys are gay because they wanted a big stable of, you know, fresh meat. And so you are a straight woman stuck in the butthole of Ohio. And then there's this, you know, innocent kind of you know high school kid who's an extra who uh want, is interested in you and oh dude it was just oh it was good stuff man i yeah greatest time of my life i think well my greatest time of my life um kind of transcends well it, it transcends the carousel um uh bit it was working with John Kenley. Which I also worked with John Kenley up in Cleveland. John Kenley, the Kenley players, mm-hmm. uh, uh, actually was was given a Tony Award uh, not too long ago. Really? Yes. Uh, I, I do believe he got it posthumously. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I thought he passed away. Well, he... he, he, he 2009? Oh, yeah, good he, Lord. he he died in 2009, but he at pre- age 103. He pre- oh, for fuck's sake! He like I knew he was old when I worked with him. But God damn! Holy cow! Are you done? No, Go no, because like when I worked with him, he could still kick above his head. That was in the 80s. He had to be 80, but God damn, he was 80 at that point in his life. Yes. Holy shit. Um he <laughs> he started in vaudeville. Uh yeah. He started in vaudeville. He played with Ethel Barrymore. 
Oh, shit. Al Jolson. Wow. Uh, Beatrice Lilly. Uh, while he was while he was in um, in vaudeville, he in was New the York, as, yeah. he was the assistant producer to Lee Schubert. Oh shit! <laughs> the actual the actual Schubert, the guy that theaters are, are named after are across built, the United States. Well, they're they're built to his specs. That you you know Dude. that you are sixty feet wide. And sixty feet tall if you are in a Schubert Hall, and you can you can do anything. It's uh, he, God, he was in the Merchant Marines. Holy crap! I'm reading his fucking. Wow. He was, in, he was in the Merchant Marines. When I worked with him, I got to work with Robbie Benson. I worked with Robbie Benson. Barry Williams. I worked with Barry Williams and Tony Randall. I never got to work with Tony Randall. What shows did you do with those two guys? Uh, Robbie Benson, I did Pirates of Penzance with. Oh, really? Did, was his wife there? Oh, you know, I don't remember. Oh, we did uh, Pat and no, Leather. No, Ro- Robbie, Robbie, I did a Vita with. Oh, okay. It was we a did, Vita. We, we did Pat and Leather Shoes at the Civic Theater in downtown Akron yeah. where his wife... Uh, Carla DeVita, who is the woman from the uh, Meatloaf video Paradise by the Dashboard Lights, yes. and who toured with Meatloaf, and their daughter Lyric, who un- uh, unfortunately got murdered by her uh, boyfriend in New York City years later. Um, but no, I, I, I was at Lyric's eighth birthday party. Like yeah, yeah, me and and, and uh, Craig were there. Um, yeah, we were still going to Akron U. We were working, yeah, working at Kenley Players then. Uh, and then Barry Did Williams you- was in Cleveland for "I Love My Wife," which was a horrible show because AIDS was kicking into high gear, and we were doing a show about. Uh, people you know having sex with other people's wives and husbands and stuff and it was just not a really great really great moment in time to do that particular show but uh, it was yeah it, it was an okay show yeah but uh, yeah I worked I, I, I met Barry once or twice and that was about it but oh my god yeah Robbie Benson was the nicest nicest dude like I, I actually um Robbie Benson's old, uh, not producer, um, manager, uh, was a guy who, who actually works down here in Grand Prairie. Now he is the, he is the head of entertainment for, for the city of Grand Prairie. And, um, I, when I worked with him at, at the Uptown theater in Grand Prairie, uh, we started talking and he worked with Barry Williams. He worked with my friend bear on a, on a cruise ship when bear, (laughs) when bear got detained and I think it was Jamaica for having, (laughs) for having pot and uh, really Jamaica and pot. Really? 
Well, he, he got arrested right on the pier as the boat was leaving. So everyone was waving goodbye to Bear. As, <laughs> Bye. Have fun storming the castle. <laughs> they could get out of jail and take a miracle. <laughs> I guess his mother had to buy a plane ticket for oh, him God. to go back to America. And, <laughs> oh, my God. But anyways, um, uh, we, we did uh, we did Pippin with Tommy Toon. Oh, my God, really? Okay, now here's, here's the funny part about this. I just did a show last month. Remember me doing a show last month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Saying it was not. Guess who owns the building that we did the show in? Tommy Toon? Tommy Toon's sister. Oh, no shit. <laughs> Tommy Toon's sister, Gracie. <laughs> I, I was like, I worked with Tommy years and years ago. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You lost your train of thought. Still boarding at the station, isn't it? No, you know, um, I, I've had a lot of issues with my phone lately. I'm not going to talk about that. Anyways, Tommy Toon. I love Tommy Toon. He just seems like a cool dude. He he is. I had the, you know what? Almost everyone that I worked with at Kenley Players was really just cool, kosher people. I mean, Tom Skelton, Tom Skelton would do shows for, for John. Um, I don't know how those two got hooked up, but they would. Oh, I, I didn't even. Tom Skelton was the only lighting designer I ever worked with where going to Bilbo's was the best tech meeting that you could ever have. <laughs> I have more light plots written down on BevNaps <laughs> than I could ever discuss. He used to, I'd have a BevNap for everything. Here's how I want the booms. <laughs> All right, here's, uh, he's the only guy that will walk into Bilbo's with, with a template with with lighting fixtures on it. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> and if he didn't have it, he just kind of fudged it. But yeah, so, uh, Tommy to Tommy Toon, six foot six and a half inches tall, dancer Holy from crap. hell. Yep, uh, Bethel Horror House in Texas. That was a show I did at uh, the Carousel. Okay, and uh, yeah, that was that was that was good stuff. Yeah, it, there were Tommy Toon. He did a lot of stuff. Holy he's, cow, he's still alive. So, yes, yes, I he is. I can't really say anything. Uh, he was born in Wichita Falls. He lives here in Texas right now. Um, he, oh, wait, Drama Desk Award, the club. Saying chore- oh, he did the choreography for the 1978 Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, which he won. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. Uh, did you, Hollywood. Did nine. you see who he who he studied under no who did he study under uh let me uh um no i can't remember his name let me guess 
Uh, Roy Scheider did him in the movie. No. Female. Nope. No. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Who did, who, his, who did he say? His dance instructor was Yvonne Helen Carnes, who changed, who changed her name to Patsy Swayze, <laughs> the mother of Patrick, Patrick Swayze. Which is where he learned how to dance. How to dance. So Tommy Toon really learned from one of the best dancers there was back in the, the 40s and 50s. Oh, my God. He was in the movie of Hello, Dolly in 1969, directed by Gene Kelly. Oh, I totally missed that fact. Holy cow. And I've seen uh, Wally so many times. How did I miss that? Oh, uh, I mean. He has worked with everybody. Barbara yeah. Streisand and Twiggy and. Oh, Shelly Winters. Holy cow. Yeah, I lied love Tommy Toon. Tommy Toon was, was phenomenal. Now, Tommy Toon lost his boyfriend. Oh, God, I think that was 1990s. I can't remember. It may have been late 80s, 90s. But uh, his his partner was choreographer and had a lot to do with the chorus line. And there oh. was like there was like a big... Uh, uh, to do because like like he started dating Michael Stewart who was in a chorus line and I guess they had a bad it's it's just there was a whole bunch of crap that happened with the chorus line and I can't even tell you what what uh what all happened with that he um he did become the honorary president for the American Guild of Variety Artists. Oh, wow. Uh, which is not equity. That's a different. No, that's, yeah. Um, but I mean, here. Okay. Broadway credits. Baker Street. A Joyful Noise. How Now Dow Jones. Seesaw. The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. He directed and choreographed. A uh, Day in Hollywood, A Night in the Ukraine, directed and choreographed. Nine, he chore- he directed. Uh, My one and only is a great show. Yeah. A Grand Hotel. Yeah. Another great one. Will Rogers Follies. Bye Tommy- Bye Birdie in 92. Yeah. 94, Best Little Whorehouse. Yeah. And, and Grease. He was the production yeah. supervisor. Uh, Tommy Toons is is phenomenal, uh, and and John Kenley. I mean, this all comes back to John Kenley. John Kenley was kind of like that hub in in the Akron area uh, for bringing big talent in. Oh yeah, uh, we did. I did shows for him at Tangiers. I did shows for him at uh, Carousel. Um, he produced shows all over Ohio, uh, and and was just he was really 
a nice guy. I did a show for him up at Kane Park. This was probably the year after I worked at Kane Park. Uh, he came up and directed a show at the Alma Theater. And it was, I mean, I loved, I, I always loved working with John. I don't know, where was, where, where was your happy? Weathervane was fun to work at. Yeah, no, I had a good time. I think when I first when I first started with Kenley, I was in college and they were in oh Christ, what's the what's the building that WMMS used to be in? The Galleria? No, 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 no. The the something tower. Um it's right on Ninth Street there. Um Terminal Tower? The terminal Tower. Was it? No, not the Terminal. They, wherever, we were in the same building as MMS. They were like 24s above us or whatever. But they were doing a, 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 like, it was literally a nightclub. Like, they had people sitting in the audience were having drinks and sitting at tables and stuff. It was called Nightclub Confidential. That's where I first started with them. And then we went over to the Hannah Theater and did a couple other shows and everything. But, um, that was a gorgeous Dennis, Dennis Deal. Dennis Deal. I think Dennis Deal was the same guy who did uh, Nonsense, if I'm not mistaken, which was another show that we did at. I think he did. I think he wrote and did the music for Nonsense, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, London West End, Pan by Critics. Uh, but anyway. Now I'm just rambling. Go ahead. I mean, John, like I said, John Kenley was great. All except for his version of the Phantom of the Opera. uh, John Kenley was great. (laughs) There's a story about that one. So we were doing, we were doing this at, at, uh, at Carousel. In the new, in the new space. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Phantom of the Opera had just come out uh, a few years before. It was it was big. It was all the rave. Well, John decided to make his own version of the Phantom of the Opera and sold it as the Phantom of the Opera. People came. Oh, <laughs> oh they will come, Ray. They, they will come. <laughs> And they came, all right, and asked for a refund real quick. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. It was a disaster, man. Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, what? Uh, this, yeah, I, I'm not going to What put, did you do, Ray? <laughs> I am not going to put this on my resume. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, mm, mm, I don't know how, I want, yeah, <laughs> so that was a weird sound. There's somebody walking behind me. Oh, well, we can't see him. It's all right. Okay. Um, yeah, John, John was an intern. Now, you know what? We were talking about Robbie Benson. I think 
out of all the people I've worked with, Robbie Benson and Eileen Brennan were the two sweetest people I've ever met. Well, I, I know I've told this probably three times on this podcast, but Craig and I were out at Summit Mall shopping for a, a, a birthday present for Lyric, who was the daughter of Robbie Benson and Carla DeVita, because it was her birthday, like her eighth birthday or something. We are in the back of the store, way back in the store. We have our backs to the front of the store. So you cannot see anything but our backs and our heads. And from behind us, we hear, oh, hey, Burke. Hey, Craig. And we turn around. It's fucking Robbie Benson. We're like, you know our names? And you bothered to say hi to us? What? That's cool as shit. He was a super, super nice guy. Super nice guy. Love him to death. Wish I got to know him better. Yeah, he he was phenomenal. Yeah, um, nice dude. I had a lot of fun with him. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't like the other guys that we worked with, where he wasn't getting drunk all the time. He was, I mean, he was having no. a good time. Yeah, no, and he had a wife. He had a kid. He was just kind of a normal guy. He just had a kind of an abnormal job, you know, and he'd done some movies and some shows and whatever. And, you know, that's a, yeah, it was, it was funny because like for his daughter's birthday party, we we're trying to get into his dressing room at the civic theater. And I mean, it was like, you know, early in the afternoon, we were like, everybody showed up early except for like the stage hands and whatever his, his dressing room was locked. And I'm looking at the lock going, uh, I looked at my house key and I'm like, it's the same manufacturer. I'm like, Oh, what the hell? I'm going to try this key. My house key fit into his dressing room and unlocked his dressing room. <laughs> It's like, okay, that's really bizarre. And then the stage mayor's like, yeah, I'm going to change that fucking lock. I go, Whatever, dude, I don't care. <laughs> it's so bizarre and random, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, out of all the people, okay, so I did a show. I am trying to remember for the life of me what I did for John, but Sean Cassidy was in it. And oh, that was... Uh, Technicolor Dreamcoat? What? At EJ? Yeah, that that would be correct. Yeah, I saw that show. Um, okay, cool. Cool. At that point in time, the same person that I was talking about that works in Grand Prairie was hired to be Sean Cassidy's, what would you call him? Caretaker? <laughs> Wrangler? You don't want to shove that white stuff up your nose. <laughs> you have a girl, a sh- I, I have a, wait, wait. Do you know a girl named Wendy B? Wendy B, Wendy B. Off the top of my head, no. Because somehow she is connected to him. Like, like she was doing something backstage and hooked up with him somehow. She was a girl I went to high school with. Um yeah 
It's one of those bizarre coincidences. Coinkadinks. Uh, a little coinkadink. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know her, and um. I can't find her online. So. No. No. You won't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, Sean. Sean had a lot of demons. Uh. Well. Yeah. Yeah. He. He had a lot of demons. Um. I don't even know what I, I don't know if I I want to even get into like the only clusterfuck that I think was worse than Sean Cassidy was probably Dream Girls on on Broadway. Cool. Uh, uh, I I did not work on Dream Girls, but I was doing a show in New York at that point in time, and. When you're doing a show in New York, you hear about all the other shows. And I I, I remember sitting there one night and they were like, hey, go, go look down the street. I was like, okay, why? They were like, just go look down the street. <laughs> so I go and look down the street and there's still a freaking line outside the door for dream girls oh wow they were over a half an hour late starting (laughs) and when we went to the bar that night and met up with with everyone they they were like it was bpt it's like what so yeah it's black people time they they're It's like, what? You guys were a half an hour late. I mean, that's... That's a big-ass no-no. You not only have IATSE that you're going to be fucking dealing with, but Equity's going to be pissed off as well. And, and they were like, yeah, just... That's... Wow. I That was the only show while I was living in New York that I saw was late every every three days wow. i was like what the hell here let me share a screen with you real quick uh, have to give me permission hold on i gotta get my mouse over here multiple you should be able to share now yes and share there you go that would be wendy Wendy B. Yep. Ooh, redhead. Yep. Ooh. Good good tech theater buddy from mine from high school. Love her to death. Well, who's Sandy B. Lynn? Sandy B? Yeah. Uh, I believe her daughter. Ooh, I'm playing the song that you're never supposed to play. What would that be? You're not sharing. I don't know. Oh, here. Ah, my dad hates the Eagles. I love the Eagles. So, so if you ever go into a... Uh, guitar shop 
<laughs> NAM show. Anything. Do you not. Cannot, you cannot play this song. You cannot play Smoke on the Water. And you cannot play Stairway to Heaven. Correct. <laughs> it's funny because like a lot of people think you can play this on one guitar. No, it's a duet. You have to have two guitars playing this to play it correctly. Still not meatloaf. Mm. I love the Eagles, though. I mean, you think about it. Don Henley, uh, Steve Winwood. What? Uh, uh, not Steve Winwood. Um, the fuck? Glenn, Glenn Fry. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Uh, Clapton. No. Who else was in there? The dude from Kent, for fuck's sake. Oh, that's right. Oh, I always I always forget about those Kent State people, man. <laughs> I always forget. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, on that note, is there anything else you'd like to discuss today? Joe Walsh. Oh, yeah. Oh, I need to. Because my brother ran sound for Joe Walsh. I love Joe Walsh. Love Joe Walsh and and my friend Frenchie. Frenchie used to be a drummer for Joe. No kidding. Yeah, they lived. He lived right down, right down the street from me in Medina. Huh? Not not Joe, but Frenchie. Yeah. Um, Frenchie was really freaking cool, man. Uh had a trans am i really thought that he was the coolest guy in the world um, <laughs> and i always asked him why are you friends with my brother uh wow maybe that that's gonna have to be you know i talked to my brother last week yeah how's he doing I, I totally fucking forgot to ask him to call in on a tuesday oh, yeah. man we gotta do that fucking show man because now we can like actually get the actual audio. I know. I'm like, dude, this is so simple now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just we we're gonna have to. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a prison show, man. That's all there is to it. <laughs> That's we're doing. We're doing a fucking prison show. Oh my god. Um. Okay. Um. Ooh, I do have another one that you you. You would probably like. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, here. Oh, hell yeah. Saw these guys at the Civic Theater in downtown Akron. Oh, yeah. So, anyone that doesn't know, this is Cheap Drink. And for the people that really don't know, here's here's a piece of trivia for you. There is a shoe company called Vans. Vans actually came up with their first design for their shoes. From the from guitarist. The Cheap Trick album, Dream Police. Which has the checkerboard on the guitar. Yep. 
this was a phenomenal show. Oh my god! You know there there are two shows that I've really really thoroughly enjoyed. Cheap Trick was one. Sticks was the other. I'll bet that was a great show. Yeah, this was we had just gotten fired from Kenley Players at the Civic Theater. But we were really good friends with the manager of the Civic. And, and she says, like, you know, anytime you need tickets, you call me. Like, literally three weeks later, Cheap Trick pops up on the radar. And we're like, hey, Patty, can we get some tickets to Cheap Trick? And she's like, yeah, maybe one. And I'm like, eight? And she's like, yeah, fine. So, like, literally, like, half half of the, the Akron U gang sat five rows dead center at the civic theater watching this show god it was phenomenal then we went to samantha's and drank the rest of the night away it was oh god it was a great (laughs) great night oh my god that was a yeah that was a phenomenal concert wow craig was there and jonathan was there and oh yeah it was good stuff uh kath uh colleen was there and oh yeah uh, Colleen. Colleen. Ah, she was in set design. She might have gone before you got there. I can't remember. Colleen Todd. Long dark hair. Nah. Nah. The only long dark hair that I remember was like Meg. Mm-mm. Uh, Colleen Meg. Todd was. Ah, uh, let's see. Retail design and planning. Hmm, interesting. Cat's freaking out right now. Uh, because Dream Police is on. I know, right? Oh, my gosh, Kendrick. I gotta love you, baby. <laughs> mm. uh, <laughs> uh, no, cheap, cheap. You know, what year was that? That had to have been before me. I came in in 1987. Uh, but the Civic... The Civic was in renovation, I thought, then. I don't remember the before or after. I mean, that's got to be before. It's got to be before, because uh, Craig was, wasn't working with Kenley Players when I met him. Uh, I'm trying to look this up and I cannot find it, so I don't know. Yeah, literally, we had, I, I, well, maybe it was before we got fired from Kenley. I don't know. Hmm. What'd you get fired for? Oh, they just shut the whole sh- thing down. That was, um, 
That was 86. We were doing um, 86 or 87. We were doing um, uh, the show with Barry, uh, and it was just not a good time. Yeah, 86, 87, something like that. Yeah, I, th- I think it was 86. Okay, I've had oh, yeah. cheap trick. Um, I also like the Eagles. Somebody's gonna hurt someone. Oh, duh. Duh. <laughs> duh. All right, so what did we decide we were doing next week? Uh, Hogan's Heroes. Uh, oh, is that the one we're doing? A deep dive into Hogan's Heroes? Oh, my gosh. This could be awesome. Holy I mean, crap. I mean, Bob Crane's life oh, was, God. was That's just, a whole episode right there. There's so much that we can dive into here. His, I mean, he forced his girlfriend to quit the show. And he didn't start dating her until the first year. He met her. On the set, she played Goldie. Was it what was uh Colonel Clink's assistant? Yeah, Colonel Clink's assistant. He started to date and he made her quit. And that's why the first year her the assistant's name is one thing, and then it changes to something else. It's like Heidi in the next in in the next few episodes well we'll, we will have to find out and then everyone at home will find out yeah there's gonna be a lot to go on that oh my Um, goggles and and like i said what did you think about the the 75th episode we get a whole bunch of people together we play clips that they don't want to hear. <laughs> I'm and down. Then, and then we'll we make them thing. talk about it. We'll do and some then, hot wings while we're doing it. What the hell? Oh my god! No, the hot. No, you are not. You know what? <laughs> because you opened the last set, I refuse to ship the next set until ever. I can't. I no. You can't pre. You, you just can't do that. You can't I, do that. Uh, the, 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 uh, uh, having watched that show for so many years, I know you I wanted had to know how bad it was. I had to know. I, that that's. Just, I'm gonna I'm gonna save my my commentary until later. I had to know, and I I, I actually ate that on top of the hot ones chips, the Pringles. They have oh, hot yeah. ones Pringles. I dab that on hot ones Pringles to boot. So it was a double dose of, Oh yeah. Well, we will, we'll be in Akron. We'll be in Canton at your house that Saturday. I'm going to have a couple of people come and do our taste testing with us (laughs) live on the air. I'm going to talk Sam into doing it. She is not good with hot stuff. You know what? Sometimes you have to sacrifice. She'll probably go through the first three and bow out, but that's okay. 
sometimes you have to sacrifice for the show. <laughs> A little bit of the, the bomb. Ugh. The Apollo chariot. I, I, I'd probably be okay with Apollo, but the bomb. Ugh. But, but Apollo's supposed to be hotter. But not as bad, not as nasty. Now, now that is true. The bomb is supposed to be nasty. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll save this. We'll save this conversation for then. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great show, everyone. <laughs> I cannot wait. I'm just I am now. I am not bringing a soundboard or anything. We'll just no, have to. We're, we're gonna have a couple of laptops and my computer open. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I might bring like one microphone and and that's it. Um, but we'll have two, right? Well, we'll have one for me, one for you, right? You're we'll have two yours. Them, right? We'll have mine. Oh no, Look, um, we're talking about the 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 MP3 mics that you're talking about getting. No, the the MP3 thing. I don't think I can plug those into the computer though. I mean, I can do pull the audio off of them but they're yeah. recorders yeah so we'll we'll see i'll work this out we'll figure it out yeah well that it's not that hard Life. <laughs> we got you got we got our iphone hooked up Life so we up. can do your brother's oh, sh- oh, yeah, thing so we we can figure anything out yeah we we can actually do we could do iphone that's true i didn't think zoom about on that. the phones yeah i didn't think about that yeah, that that may be that may be our our saving grace, um, because I I definitely think that it's it's time it's time <laughs> for Bob to feel the bomb. Oh, I'm gonna enjoy that. I've had the bomb before. You've now had the bomb. Ooh. I I think it's time for for our little friend <laughs> it's, it's time for my little friend <laughs> say hello to my little friend <laughs> <laughs> all right man let's wrap this shit uh, up what i'm gonna do is piss and moan like an impotent jerk and then bend over and take it up the tailpipe I am so glad to have all my drops back. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I, I just uh, remember to go to the Davis and Davis Show dot com, uh, Facebook page, Twitter, all that. Um. Dear Mister Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. And you see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain. And an athlete. And a basket case. A princess. And a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. 
But the real excitement, of course, is going to come at the end of the summer uh, during Sexual Awareness Week. We import 200 hookers from around the world, and each camper, armed with only a thermos of coffee and $2,000 cash, tries to visit as many countries as he can. And the winner, of course, is named King of Sexual Awareness Week and is allowed to rape and pillage the neighboring towns until camp ends. The 1961 Ferrari 250 GT, California. Less than 100 were made. Maybe it's a beer talking, Marge, but you got a butt that Apparently, I uh, I haven't changed this. Um, Sped up the outro a little bit. <laughs> that's just our vamp. It, it's all good. That's a yeah. Wow. Um, I like it better fast. Holy cow! Here, let's try this again. <laughs> oh, I do need that because I need it to loop. <laughs> holy cow i don't know what to do (laughs) that's obvious there we go (laughs) (laughs) just call me a dumbass (laughs) dumbass all right kids it's been it's been fun, man. Let's, Davis, let's do this again next week. Davisonddavis.com. Or wait, Davis and Davis show. Show.com. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Uh, come back anytime. We'll be yeah. here. We have a different show every week. I don't know why. We've only got like five listeners and two topics. Yeah. Two. <laughs> Hogan's Heroes next week. God, we I'm should... gonna dig that shit, man. I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, I gotta do some shit on that. It, it's gonna be the most racist show we've ever done. I wouldn't say racist, but racy, perhaps. Oh, you know what? I, I think, I think, uh, if oh, we need to do mash at some point in time. There's some racist shit in mash. True. I mean, they got a guy named Spear Chucker. I love the movie. Oh, I absolutely awesome. love the movie. All right. I just popped a zip behind my ear. I got to go. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Have a great night. <laughs>